clung, clung, high end. And I start seeing these little things going up in the air. And I was like, is somebody about to fly in? And Nelly came out the sky. I got on that chirp and said, hey, we need to leave Nelly alone. These white people love Nelly up here. <laughs> he is not little Cornell from U City. Bet you like Ralph K. And since this ain't no honeymoon, I'm here to stay. And the way we're coming at you, baby, we can't miss. There's a new tag team in town. Oh, there it is. That's the vibes this week. We sound crazy. Hey, Your boy Billionaire hey. is in the building. Claude Kelly is in the building. Bacon from Macon is in the building. Chuck Harmony's still not with us. And of all times for Chuck to be out. Right. right. East St. Louis uh, native East Chuck Louis Harmony. Natives. He's always yeah. the, the one time we got somebody from his home, his, his area, his area. Ain't that he not here. <laughs> but we still have a little St. Lou. We got we got some yeah. St. Lou in the, but We got a, one of my brothers. Like this one of my brothers. Like in real life, yeah. everybody be like, "Oh, bro, that's bro." No, this one of my brothers, my great friends. Let me get a few receipts because he got like a CVS list of receipts. Yeah, read them uh, all. Uh, nationally syndicated. Personality, actor, social media influencer, activist, musician, author, and father. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. Willie Moore Jr. is in the building. Hey. Thank you for that amazing intro. Billionaire. Dot <laughs> 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 com. Not dot com. com. It's all about the dot com. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but see, the thing is, the people. They know Willie Moore Jr. now. Yeah. They they, they know him now. Like, it's just routed off a bunch of receipts, but. Do you know where it started, guys? Absolutely. You you know, pretty, mm. pretty Willie. Uh oh. Uh. <laughs> Lay your head back. But ever since you had that man at home, you know, things just ain't been the same. But uh, for real, this ain't no other St. Louis ish. This that pretty. That was a shot at somebody too, by the way. I was dissing. Come on. Oh. 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 And let me touch your I said I know I see some ladies. That's the that's the concert. Pretty I'm about Willie. to do a hip roll. Pretty <laughs> I found I found something to do with everything that happens on stage except the hip roll in my new genre of music. It just don't go with like the kingdom. I'm like, come up there and do that. You it's can not do it. Work. I, I believe you could do it. Wait, Kirk does it. Kirk, Kirk does it. Kirk definitely yeah. body rolls for the yeah, kingdom. Yeah. He definitely body rolls for the kingdom. That was a good time in history. That was nostalgia for me. What do you remember from those uh, Pretty Willie days? So for those that didn't know, yeah, Pretty Willie is Willie, Willie Moore Jr. Jr. Yeah, and Willie like, Moore Jr. <gasps> is Pretty Willie. Oh if you were part of the 106 and Part generation, yes. you remember Roll With Me. I did. I yeah. did. I got a chance to be on 106 and Part. Yep. And shout out to Free. I hope you remember me. You're such an amazing lady. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> <laughs> she was. She was so pretty and nice. New York. And she smelled good. Oh, my God. Free smelled good. That's true. She did. She smelled really good. There's like, so much nostalgia yeah, going That's on right up. now. I remember, I remember one time I was like, yeah. you smell. She smelled like I was. Yeah. She was nice too. Shout out to Free. Yeah. We just had a moment. <laughs> we all, we all Next had on a the moment. We Sound Crazy podcast. <laughs> Free. <laughs> no. What do I remember about that moment? So I'm going to be honest with you. So really, really, really funny. So my first record was a song called Roll With Me. Mm-hmm. And I signed with Universal Records, fresh out of the University of Mississippi. Mm. And so I had this crazy opportunity to finish my senior year. Or 
go get this record deal. And of course, like it was really, really crazy. Back then, record labels was really paying money. Yeah. Nelly like the hottest thing in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. So I go take a meeting with L.A. Reid. I did, he had me sing. I don't know if anybody ever had like a meeting with L.A. Reid, but he he has you perform because he mm -hmm. wants to feel it. It's this song called Living in Mama's House. I'm like, yo, I gotta sign with L.A. Reid. I went and seen Sylvia Rome over at um, Electra, and she was like, yo, we got this plan. You're gonna do this song with Fabulous. It's gonna be good. And I was like, I like her better. <laughs> oh, I like her because she was, you know, a black woman. And then you had Universal, and it was Avery Lippman. And Avery Lippman is over Republic. So I'm gonna yeah. be the first rapper guy on Republic. Of course, Nelly's on Universal. I'm signing with a production company. And they already have a deal with Universal. I'm like, yo, I'm signing to Electra. She got the plan. And she fine to be a little seasoned. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like she was fine back then. You know what I'm saying? She probably She'll still, still pretty fine. now. Like still I haven't seen her in a while. And she felt like an auntie or a mom. Yeah. So I'm like begging them, like, yo, we gotta go to the lecture. But they got a publishing deal over at Universal. So we end up signing the Republic. Nelly ended up selling 30 million records. I sold like 30. That's it, like total. Y'all was waiting just on some more, miles. just about 30. It was probably like 5,700, 20 grand, maybe 100,000. But back then you weren't really making no, making no noise. So they hurry up and got me off the label and I became an entrepreneur when it wasn't cool to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And so what's so funny is that when you say Pretty Willie, you play that record and that was the record that I did independently. Like I quit rapping because yeah. I was really in the neighborhood in the street. So all this rapping and fighting and talking and all that, mm -hmm. I wasn't going to do too good with that. I was going to go to jail. I just let you know. I'm going to say, Louis, you're not going to talk to be crazy like that. Yeah. So I said, I'm going to sing because I ain't never seen anybody at the gas mm -hmm. station coming up to you like, you want to sing against me? But every time I went to a gas station, they was like, you want to rap? I know I'm cold. And so I said, let's hit this lay your body down. That record, um, it wasn't that. I was riding in my Trans Am. With the T-tops off? The Trans Am. The Trans Am. The, the, the red one. The red and, and it really said, this one here boom, boom, is strictly for my... And then I went to the strip club that night. And I made them play the instrumental. Because I had a girl in there named Candy. And I said, would you mind just playing this instrumental? And then I seen them dance. I got back in the car. And then I said, nah, that ain't it. It's laying body down, boom, boom. And I wrote it. I did it in the closet. We took it straight to radio without a mix. They played it. It started getting researched like 101 PTF. Wow. With a bad mix. And we knew we had some. So I ran that record, 25 million hits on MySpace, and then solidified a new deal with Warner Brother Records. Shout out to Tom Wally. Tom yep. Wally. Yep. Tom Wally and Naeem Ali. Shout out to the MySpace days. Yeah, MySpace 25. Didn't nobody know what to do with them MySpace numbers. MySpace days were great. Yeah. I pulled a couple dollars out of them, though. Just <laughs> <laughs> a couple. It was a, a couple. few dollars. It was a few so, dollars. Explain your transition from where you were with Pretty Willie, yeah. Warner Music, all that stuff, mm -hmm. and then you go into what you're doing now as the Willie Moore Jr. Renaissance man. <laughs> um, so we're 23 years old, 25 years old, mm -hmm. like in that era, and I'm from St. Louis. I have no idea how we got to L.A. I had a friend um, who was my bodyguard who ended up working for this artist named DJ Quick. Mm. And so they in Warner Brothers, they rent out this studio called The Henson. And so I'm I'm staying in like a whole motel, like $100 a night, <laughs> just trying to get on. I'm serious. Back then I smoked, I smoked cigars. So I got to go downstairs and smoke. 
And this hook was outside on Sunset, like real talk. I'm in the smoking section. You meet some really unique people <laughs> while you're smoking. smoking. <laughs> the smoking section is unique. And so I'm staying in there, and like this journey is journeying, journeying and you know, this the whole starving harvest thing. So I'm living in the Henson when quick, working all night. I'm in another studio kind of sleeping. And Henson Studios? Henson Studio. Yeah. Great studio. Oh, that's the dopest studio. That's, that, that's like, ever. that's like, you know, that's, that's the We Are the World joint. Charlie was originally Charlie Chaplin, Charlie Chaplin Studio. Yeah. And then went to the Muppets. Yep. Jim Henson. Yeah. We are the world room. That that place is magical. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is. We played a lot of foosball in there. In that big old room, right? Yeah, in the big room. Yep. And and here's the thing. I was used to recording in the basement. So they was trying to make me record in a big old room. And then I found this little room upstairs mm. that had a small little dark field. And I was like... This is the room. Warner Brothers was like, great, that's only $500 a day. That other one was $2,500 to right. $1,500 yeah. a day. So that was really cool. But if I can be honest, how I transitioned, um, I was just really smoking too much and drinking too much. And it was really contrary to everything that my mom had taught me. I became extremely aggressive. I took that neighborhood mentality. And, you know, I was, if I can be honest, I just became pretty much like, like a hothead, mm. you know, and you can kind of feel in your knower when you're out of a line with what you're doing. And so one night we was about to go to the club, and I was just like, you know, it's L.A., guys, so, you know, make don't make it go viral. But we was in there blowing something. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, nah, bro, I'm telling you, she coming through. I told y'all. And we blowing something about 2 a.m. Oh, you got to pass it. Yeah, it's like, bro, pass it. Y'all got to see this moment. <laughs> and by the time that. it got back Not to me, that. I was like, Y'all know what? After we leave here, we might as well. So we're going to be up all night. We might as well go to church. And then they was like, bro, every time you get high, you turn into Kirk Franklin. <laughs> 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 every time you get high, bro, you, you kind of look like Kirk anyway. <laughs> and I, and, but I was serious. And because I was leading people at the time, I was like, well, if we ain't going to go to church then, bro, like we not going to go to the club then. And I know they can't go in the section where I'm going. So I'm like, what are we going to do? So if we can agree to go to church after this, we can go to the club. They was like, Kurt Franklin want everybody go to go to the church. That that morning, because we did go to the club, that morning I went to church and I just got more than I bargained for. Mm. Like I wasn't even trying to be anybody's super Christian or whatever. I was just really just trying to align my life because the music business will put you in a fork in the road where you can be who God is calling you to be or you can keep getting high to stay the person that they pay for. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would have to get drunk. I had to get high to be pretty willy. Cause now, man, I was changing. I had a son at the time. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking about marrying somebody. So I was like, when I would leave the big arenas singing this song and girls are in the lobby, I'm not even trying to do nothing. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going back to my room. And I'm like wiping myself off. Like I've been touched by somebody. Like I was totally different. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you know, I just got more than I bargained for. And so I just made a strong decision. And I was like, man, you know what? God, I don't know if I can, I don't know, I don't know how to turn this down. They act like church and, and the club and lay your body down or go together. Um, and I, I said a prayer. I said, God, if this is not for me, 
like, just take it away because I'm not strong enough. And two weeks later, Naeem Ali called, and he said, man, you know, it's between you and J-Rock. Everybody knows J-Rock mm-hmm. now. He's like, it's between you and J-Rock um, on our budgets, man, and, you know, we're going to run with J-Rock and, um, you know, this other kid, Kendrick Lamar. And uh, um, it was the TD, uh, their group. Mm-hmm. They was a lot more aggressive than we were, boy. They used to be in the lobby, boy. That was some gangsters out there. I was like, who y'all waiting on? We waiting on Naeem. He'll keep you downstairs forever. <laughs> Naeem, you know you used to keep us in that lobby, right? <laughs> And um, he called, but he, but you know, Naeem said, but no, look, here go the thing, no, I ain't gonna leave you like stranded. That's how I leave. He's like, I ain't gonna leave you stranded. You know, just just send me some invoices, man, and I'll get the rest of y'all fun to you. And so he ended up giving us enough money to to live for a moment. I I, I traveled back to St. Louis, started this movement called Young Fly and Save, and just never looked back. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't easy though. You know, it was hard. That can't be easy. Yeah. So Saint, speaking of St. Louis, what was it like growing up in? St. Louis as a child like what was childhood like for Willie Moore Jr. I was adopted so I was like everybody's baby if mm-hmm. that makes sense mm-hmm. like you know like I'm the adopted kid in the neighborhood everybody knows and I don't <laughs> I'm just like they like yeah surely your mom was like 60 sir and you're like two <laughs> you know what I mean so everybody knew it but everybody <coughs> just loved me like I, I grew up in the what some would call the hood Berkeley Missouri where the median income is $17,000 but my dad and my mom they showed me the beauty of the neighborhood. They showed me that we got a black mayor, mm. right? We got a black fire chief. We got a black police chief. You have two black principals. Mm. Like, bro, this is beautiful. So I grew up seeing the nostalgia of black people really winning. And so growing up like that, you had a, you had this, this double thought process. Like the dope boys, you want to be like them, but you want to have the respect as the principals at school. Yeah. And so I grew up with a really cool opportunity to be righteous and ratchet. Um, righteous so, and ratchet. Righteous and ratchet at the same time. But you know, I always stayed on the honor roll. Got a full ride scholarship to the University of Mississippi. Shout out to the Newt. Shout out to Phil. Um, but it, it was good. Yeah. Oh, making what's up, fuck? <laughs> I didn't even know that. I knew something was good about you, man. Besides, <laughs> I knew it was. No disrespect. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. No never too late, Claude. Yeah, yeah, never, 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 never too late. Never too late. Higher learning is always available. Yeah. Higher learning, it's always available. Always available. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> No, but St. Louis was dope. The only thing is, it's so territorial, territorial, cause like Nelly from from um, U, U City, mm-hmm. and we from like Berkeley. And if you know anybody in St. Louis, people from U City feel like they the best thing that ever happened to St. Louis. So when Nelly blew up, you know, you kind of had this little rival thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in St. Louis, when I say Nelly, people are like, ooh, he finna talk about the beef. To everybody who thought there was beef, I didn't really know Nelly like that. But all of our little tribes and cliques was like, we were pretty willy. No, we were Nelly. I changed my mind about Cornell Haynes when I went to the Grammys 2003. Mm. They took me to the Grammys. First time ever going to the Grammys. I'm looking around. I'm like, dang, this, I'm at the Grammys. You know, I'm from the neighborhood. Right. And we got beef with Nelly, Phil. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> I didn't know how big Nelly was because he was just Cornell from U-City to us. Until that day. Until that day. I'm sitting there. We had Nextel Chirps. I'm like, they're like, look, look. I'm like, oh, God. I said, bro, I'm at the Grammys. They're like, oh, look, at the Grammys. Then everybody in the room was like, the Grammys. <laughs> I'm talking about this real hood, but I got a cool little little situation on. And they was like, you know how they say, well, come, Nelly, get back to your seats. End thing. That must say, clunk, clunk, high end. And I start seeing these little things going up in the air. And I was like, is somebody about to fly in? 
And Nelly came out the sky. I got on that chirp and said, hey, we need to leave Nelly alone. These white people love Nelly up here. <laughs> he is not little Cornell from U-City. The budget is unlimited for Oh, Nelly. my God. Yeah. Kelly came down. I love you. I was like, oh, my God. The lunatics came out and looked like the Jackson 5. <laughs> I called everybody in St. Louis. I said, we need to leave him alone. He is not Cornell. <laughs> he is Michael Jackson. Nobody listened. I started singing Lay Your Body Down. Got rid of all my rapper friends. Ah. <laughs> Promise you. I was singing the moment I got back from the Grammy. That was it. That was, that was it. Final Leave straw. Cornell alone. Leave Cornell alone. Leave him alone. <laughs> this, oh my God. It was new. You know, you premiered so your new music on the yeah. Grammy. Right. I had never heard this. So hot he said, shout out for real. Oh. Nelly come down out the sky. Me. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's leave Nelly alone. Right then. I promise you. <laughs> this part right here, Nelly. Boom. Took his pen. Everybody, ha. Ah, I'm still on the Everybody standing up. I'm on. Leave Nelly alone. Oh. He got one with Pharrell, bruh. Leave him alone. So y'all never had, like, really hung out or anything. Like, you and, you and Nelly. Me and Nelly hung out two uh, about a month ago, two months ago, four hours in the studio. For the first time? First time. After all this time. After all this time. I hung out with Ali. I hung out, you know, Murphy was pretty about it, you know what I mean? So he'll be in certain places. But Nelly was the golden child, so they kind of kept a fortress around him. Mm -hmm. But, um, man, Nelly is doing so well. Him and Sean, they look amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Him and I, we've had some real adult, mature conversation. I'm looking forward to what we're going to do in the city. Um, I actually love that dude. I love what he's done for the city. I love where he is um, right now. And... Man, we just got a lot of good stuff that we're going to do. We spent four hours in the studio. I think we were supposed to listen to music, but we were just sharing war stories. Like different cameras. Y'all got so much to catch up on. Yeah, I told him that story, too. I was like, you remember when you came out of the sky? He was like, I'm like, oh, three. Grammys. <laughs> That's when I knew I needed to leave you alone. And I started singing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Willie, I want to ask, what advice would you give? What, what would Willie Moore today, Willie Moore Jr. today, mm -hmm. give young Willie? Or pretty, even pretty, Willie. What yeah. advice would you offer to that younger Good version of yourself? That's a great question, Phil. What I would offer myself um, is to not be in a rush. Mm. Like sometimes I yeah, outran good. the pace of grace, and I didn't enjoy the moment. I hope yeah. sometimes I outran the pace of grace. Yeah, that's I know good. I did, um, and it, it stemmed from because you know I've done some extensive therapy and counseling. You know, being adopted and my parents being older, when I was seven years old, I know that they thought they were doing the right thing, but now I have an eight-year-old, and it's, I understand his little ideologies, and they mm -hmm. told me, you better get educated, and you better not be playing, because we don't know how long we're going to live. Mm. So from seven years old, I've worked at an accelerated pace. You know, you my friend, so you often say, man, you know, stick with it a little longer. Because once I get it, I'm like, I'll move on to something else mm -hmm. because I was just moving at an accelerated place. But now I realize kingdom means that I don't have to toil for anything. All I have to do is be in the right position, and then the Lord will send those things to me so I can enjoy the moment. Yeah. And I wish I would have known that at 18, now that I sit here 40, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, yo, like what I'm, 
Like, I don't really have a need to, to rush. And so I would offer that to every artist. Like, your time is coming. You don't have yeah. to appease to a certain group of people yep. that's hot right now. Mm -hmm. You can build it brick by brick, build your community, and then watch those faithful few people begin to buy your products. Yep. Like, so for me as an entrepreneur, like, that's how we begin to win. Like, we'll have a faithful 500, then a faithful 1,200. With this new brand, we got a faithful 185 people. Man, I'm stewarding them people like it's 3,000. Mm -hmm. Because I understand yeah. with time, if you yep. treat people right and you do multiply. the right thing, it's going to multiply. multiply. So just not outrunning the pace of grace. That's, that's key advice because yeah. I think there's this, every person who has a big dream, especially in, as an artist, you, mm -hmm. you see yourself in the stadium. Yeah. But you know how to get to the stadium. Yeah. But it's those baby steps. Yes. It's the it's the 185 that that doubles and triples and quadruples, and you have mm -hmm. to be patient through that. Yeah. Even yeah. when you don't think it's working. Yeah. Them them days of dedication actually pay off. Yeah, people can't see that. Yeah. Ten years. <laughs> the ten that years. That ten it years. Takes to get to that. that yeah. Moment. Yeah. You, yeah. 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 That's the truth. So Willie, you have a syndicated radio show. Yes. Willie Moore Jr. radio show in a ton of markets. Yes. Hitting like over 2 million people weekly. Mm -hmm. How did you go from Pretty Willie right. to this a syndicated <laughs> radio show host yeah. on the inspirational format? I mean, that's the dichotomy, the co that contrast. It's an that, evolution. It's an evolution. It's an evolution. Yeah. How did, yeah. But how did it happen? Man, you know, and, and hopefully, I don't know people's metaphysical orientation, but I tell you what, it had to be Jesus. Because if you just look at my track record, it is no way I'm supposed to be on anybody's inspirational anything. Like, I'm just being honest. But I used to, but, you know, my favorite book says, the Bible says, the greatest among them will become your servant. Mm. And so I just found myself serving so many different things. Um, I started in radio like 2003. I don't know if you guys remember this girl named Tiff Green. She's one of the program directors in Clear Channel. And Nelly is about to start, well, the Lunatic's about to start, Lunatic Radio 95.5. I think that's like Urban One. But I was on Clear Channel at that particular time. And they called me and they said, we need a radio show on Sunday. And I was like, well, I ain't never really did radio. Just come in. I came in. They gave me a paper. And I was like, your number one station for hip hop and R&B <laughs> is 100.3 The Beat? And they was like, yeah. I was like, I know that was terrible. You just guys are just desperate. Chuck Atkins, he's the program director there. And program, he, he says, but we're gonna give you $20 an hour. I was like, $20 an hour? I ain't doing but two hours. I was like, four, eight, 12, six, $160. How about this? Keep your money, just let me keep my playlist. And he was mm. like, cool. Boy, I was running raucous records. Uh, all of <laughs> Koch. You know them Koch boys <laughs> have money in their back pocket. You hear me? I took, that, it's, I took that situation, I think it was $160 back then, it didn't really matter. I think I make $1,200 a week. And that was good just because on two-hour situation, I said, just don't touch my playlist. And so that was a seed mm -hmm. of radio mm -hmm. that I wasn't expecting. Ten years later, as I move into the kingdom, I meet this guy named Dwight Stone who was also on hip-hop radio. He has this vision of the praise mixed down. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so what do you want me to do? And he was like, man, just follow my lead. It's the pray, mix, down. And he was like, now just do the funny thing. Because, you know, I was just hella mm -hmm. funny. Like, mm -hmm. I was just like, man, Shirley Caesar looking good to me nowadays. I don't know what she eating, but I need to see what's <laughs> happening with the founder of you. And I would just say, like, crazy stuff. And people were falling in love with the comedic edge. So I was like, okay, cool. Whitney Houston died. Mm. So instead of doing this deep, well, you know, I love Whitney, I made a video. 
Willie Mo Jr. here with this cap, and I'm flipping it. I edited it up real good. Woke up the next morning, 385,000 people to watch. It was a viral moment. I was like, I better go this way. I hit them every Wednesday with a new video vlog. Willie Mo Jr. here. Mm -hmm. That got the attention of Reach Media. They was like, we should get the dude off the internet. I served, the greatest among them was served, Tom mm -hmm. Joyner on mm -hmm. one of his um, little, little situations. And then when... Unfortunately, one of the other inspirational hosts had a situation. They started taking auditions. I was the last audition. Mm. I just knew I wasn't finna get nothing. So I just said, we're going to go and make our inspirational number. I mean, our social media numbers go up 10,000. It's on a syndicated radio show. Our goal, 10,000 extra people. Y'all got a team? Cool. First day, I'm a little nervous because mm. it's inspirational. I try to be a little deeper than I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about in the book of Luke. <laughs> You don't know nothing about no Luke. <laughs> I got strong, I got seven strong scriptures. That's all I had at the time. I should have stuck in Proverbs like I was supposed to. I felt really bad the first day. Went in the hotel, prayed, God, what you want me to do? And God said, and when I say he said, it was just like an internal voice that said, just be yourself. Mm -hmm. So I took them church shoes out, put on a ball cap and some tight clothes because I like them tight. And I went in there and I was just like, hey, Willie Mo Jr. you're here flat out. I made my social media team do what they do. And at the end of it, I cried like a baby. I said, we up to 7,200 new followers. And if I never get an opportunity to touch this mic again, I want to let everybody know that I appreciate this opportunity. Cried and didn't think nothing else of it. I was like, we ain't get 10, but we got about 7,200. Good, good, good thing. Yeah. I end up doing this thing because I'm I, um, John Maxwell, mm. the um, author and speaker, mm -hmm. he hit me. Uh, his team hit me and was like, we want you to come and speak at one of our conferences. I was like, with a ball cap on? Me? Okay, cool. They paid me so much money to do that event. Mm. I was cleaning tables afterwards because I just, it was only three minutes. I only had three minutes. They gave me so much money. I was picking up people's place. Like, you want me to get that for you? Because I feel like I robbed <laughs> these white folks. Like I, I robbed I these people it. just then. I did not earn that, you know? And that day, they called me and they um, Kelly called and she said, Willie, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you got the job. I was like, a job? What job? They was like, the radio show. I was like, they want to hire me? Okay, cool. Then my other phone rang. Tanita called, God rest her soul. And she said, Willie, we want to offer you the job. I was like, a job? Cool. Um, I don't really know what this means because I've never had a job. <laughs> so when I'm going through HR, they're like, how many days you want off? I was like, off days? 40 days, 40 nights. I think I called you. I was like, they 40 days me and 40 nights. I was like, Phil, yep. they offered me the amount. And I was like, yo, I'm about to have a job. I called my mom. I was like, mom, I'm about to have a job. She said, praise the Lord. I'm so tired of here. <laughs> about time. Running out here hustling and doing all that. Boy, you go, you already ain't got no hair on your head. You know, my mama. And, and it just, it, and literally that was the flow of how the Lord did it. And so, I always believe that if you get an opportunity from God, you should have a mission that consists of what God wants you to do with that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I said, I want to open up the door for new gospel artists. Mm -hmm. And I want to insert a new opportunity for these artists that people don't know. Mm -hmm. That was the time when God sent me Phil Thornton. He was going to a new, new company, uh, E1 or somewhere, and he had this kid named... I don't know if you know this guy. His name's Jonathan McReynolds. Never heard of him. Never heard of him, right? And that's the way they were treating him mm -hmm. in meetings. Yeah. Really? We don't know where he goes. He sounds like this. He yeah. doesn't have They wanted this. to drop him. Let's just get rid. The label wanted to drop Jonathan McReynolds. I was wow. one of the people to advocate to keep him.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and literally, and, and I don't know if Jonathan will attest to it, but I talked to this man, and he stood on tables for Jonathan McReynolds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, because I know him, and I actually love the music, I had known Jonathan because he was in the Chitlin' Circuit with me. I'm on tables like, no, we got to play this record. And then this other guy that they don't know what to do with it, um, you're not over there at the time at RCA, and it's not even on um, iTunes yet. It was this guy that nobody knows. His name's Travis Green. Yes. And Another I, unknown. Un- unknown guy. Maybe you know him. And his song is not even on iTunes when we make it to Flat Out Hit of the Week. And this is the moment where you go top 10 immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's this other guy that nobody knows. It, they just like, man, he a baseball player. I don't really know. And, but I like him. I'm just like, who is this? How, who is Todd Delaney? Yeah. We got to get him up mm-hmm. the charts, too, because he's a good guy. Thank and you so, for that, too. I yeah, signed Todd as well. Praise Jesus, right? <laughs> and so you're giving these new opportunities yeah. to these new artists. Mm-hmm. And shout out to Ahmed. It's not just me, my mm-hmm. producer, Ahmed, because I don't do music, but I do love artists. Mm-hmm. And I seen the pretty Willie in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, it's, it's so interesting. It's, yeah. it's so important because yeah. you need people that, um, first of all, take a risk on new artists. Yeah. Despite what everyone is saying. Yeah, I know. You know good I, I've you know what I'm saying. Despite what, because that's that's where a lot of great artists get lost. Is that mm-hmm. Jonathan Reynolds might have gotten dropped, and we, we wouldn't know him the way he is right now had there not been you and you and your team to like champion for people. Mm-hmm. It's key. Yeah. And shout out Derek Harper too, man. He just yeah, always yeah. listens yeah. to, you know, he's like, you think so? Like he's my champion. Like Derek Harper, man. He just listened to me because I don't I don't stand on tables much. Mm. He really don't. I want you to yeah. stand on tables, though. You do. You I, do. I, I want him to. He just, yeah. I stand on tables. But he oh, God. Phil, he, <laughs> I had to grab his coattail. Phil, Hell, he be online. I'm like, oh, my. Phil lives on the table. Hey, you gotta but you got to have a feel in yeah. your team. You He's Peter. Feel. He's yeah. Peter. He's going to yeah. cut your ear off. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Willie, you've interviewed so many people on your syndicated show. And yeah. even on TV, you've interviewed a number of people. Yeah. What is one of your, by far, like your favorite interviews? I was going to ask that, yeah. Um, favorite interview, man, that's so hard. Can I can I tell you my scariest interview? Yeah, scariest. Let's go scary. President Barack Obama. Mm. It was so scary. Understandable. He's the president. Right. It's my first president right. that I'm ever gonna interview. Number one, I'm like, y'all know I'm from St. Louis, though. <laughs> y'all to do a background check. Glory <laughs> to Jesus. Oh, I promise you, they did a background check. They did. 100. <laughs> percent So when they call Ahmed and I. He's like, he's about to call. I'm like, why the hell are you talking like this? <laughs> and why are we whispering? We should be talking. He's like, I don't know, but he's about to call. <laughs> I was like, you're making me nervous. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to go pee. And so the guy calls, hello? And he's just like, hey, how you doing? Is Willie Moore Jr. show? He's a good guy. I'm like, okay, that makes me feel cool. He was like, cool. So listen, um, he's going to be on in about five minutes, okay? In about five minutes. But what I need you guys to do is don't put me on hold and don't get back on the air. I was like, I got a McDonald's read and that's my money. Right. 
I'm finna read this little money don't and president. Don't put me on hold and just don't get back on the air because he's, you know, because you don't know when he's gonna get in your slot. Right. Yeah. I said, Mid, just mute him. He mute him. I do my McDonald's situation. Mid saying, he's gone. <laughs> I said, no. Is it over? They called back. He said, hey, I told you not to. <laughs> I was like, sure, no problem. I'm like, cool. So I'm gonna be obedient. Don't put, I don't care what my read say. Right. We're gonna wait on the president. So he says, you're going to go to the press now. It's not the president. They click another dude. Hey, what's up, man? I was like, man, they got some brothers in there. He's like, so cool. <laughs> yeah, man, you finna be on with the man in about two minutes. How you feeling? I was like, I got to go pee. That's all I want to do. I just want to go pee. I'm so nervous. Oh my God. And then the moment that we've all been waiting for, he said, you're going to be on with him in 10 seconds. And you can just hear my heartbeat in the room. I'm, if you're in there, you just do, 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 do. He gets on the line and he says, Willie Moore, I wanted to say, <laughs> What is wrong with you, dude? That boy said, Willie Moore? I was like, oh my God. But here's the thing. I had a piece of paper and I had a plan on what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so even though I was excited, I was able to stick to the plan. Yeah. And so the bigger lesson of it all is, is that a lot of times we get these bigger opportunities and we never have a plan. Mm. So we don't stick to the script. We continue to move in our emotions. So if I would have been emotional, I wouldn't have got the viral clip that we got because it went to CNN, it went to all these other places. Yeah. Yeah. I said, what will you be doing after the presidency? And he said, Willie Moe Jr., I'll never tell you that. Michelle will kill me. That was the joke. Yeah. They didn't pick up nothing else, yeah. but I had my questions and my plan together. And so that taught me something with every interview that I get in. I make sure that I center myself and I have my plans and I make sure that I'm able to execute. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want all artists to know. Like when you go to these record labels or you partner with different people, have your underlying plan already. They may feel like they're getting over on you. Mm -hmm. But if you got a bigger plan, you're, you're moving at a 10-year scope of things and you can win on purpose. And that's what I learned from Barack Obama. Wow. Is there a moment during this, I mean, this illustrious radio career that you've had mm -hmm. where you, because of course, starting out, I'm sure it felt like, you know, there's some kinks to work out, but yeah. was there a moment where you felt like, okay, I've mastered this, like I'm, I'm, I'm a master at what I do now? You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't ever um, think I'm a master at radio, but I plan to be a master communicator. Mm -hmm. I love to tell stories. Mm -hmm. And so radio has allowed me to touch stages with the great john maxwell dr eric thomas and many great pastors across the world um i get a chance to be on podcasts like this that yeah. are really doing some astronomical numbers uh, i'm watching y'all grow from like it'd be like 11 then you'll hit one be 53 000. I'm like look at the guys go and i've been talking yeah. to him about it and i'm just like you know at the right time maybe i'll get an invite so I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? i appreciate it if you'll have me if you have me and so i'm just so grateful man so I would say mastery mastery would be stifling the opportunity for growth. Like what mm. I've learned now is have a posture of always perpetually learning. Perpetual like, student. Yeah, I'm a perpetual student. So I'm I'm already learning the power of partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I'm not great at this. I'm a good guy. Mm. But I see how the heavy lifting is put in here. So even now I'm thinking you know, I have a podcast. Make sure you go check out the Love You More show, flat out. Great um, podcast, by the way. But I right. want to make sure that I add some more of this. Mm. So I'm like, 
duly noted. I'm always learning. So if I come in as a master, I miss the little nuances that God has given me to move mm -hmm. into our destiny. Yep. Yeah. Just saying, like, if you're the best person in the room, then you can't learn anything. Yeah. 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 You gotta. You always gotta be around someone that has something to teach you. Yeah. I know your show has calmed me down many a time in traffic when in I lived Macon? here. No, in Atlanta. I lived here in Atlanta before okay. I moved to Nashville. Yeah. And That's your cool. show was the, you know, after having a crazy day at work. Everybody knows how Atlanta traffic oh, is. Oh, God, yeah. At I'm, I'm 4.30, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, so you, your show literally became like the the solace that I needed while mm. trying to do this Man, <laughs> down 75. God. Yeah. Because if you, everybody, you, you know how Atlanta traffic is. It's like mm -hmm. you, you're cussing and everything. Oh, so. yes, Lord. Simone, you cussing in the car? Simone, I would say. At times, yeah. We sound crazy. I want you to play this real, real loud in your car. Make them think you listening to some secular stuff. Don't you really feel like crazy? This record could still work a little bit. Yeah. We need to put a video on that thing. Why not? Why not do that? The good thing about now is that. There's no time limit that like, used to be. Back then, you put a song on it. If it didn't work in a certain amount of time, that was a rap. Yes. Throw a video on that now and watch it, yep. watch it go. Look at Miguel's short thing. A record right. that was 10 years old. It just one had of the, a hope. One, of the, one of the hottest yeah. records of the year. Yeah. Because of TikTok. Because of TikTok. Yeah. Anissa, we're going to have to get you on that TikTok, talk tick. Talk tick. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok, talk tick. So, Willie, yeah. give me your top five hip-hop MCs dead or alive. Ooh. Top five. You know, it's debatable. You know, I grew up in a different a different time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just say the ones I like. Number one, he don't get enough credit. Shout out to Scarface. Okay. Absolutely. Let's get that out the way. Right. A lot of people ain't giving Brad his props, and I just want to do that on here. So shout out to Scarface. I Preferably, like I'd love to meet you. I'll fan out if I meet Scarface. Never met Scarface. Never met Scarface. He's been on the Tom Joyner cruise and everything. I ain't never meet him. That must be when they got me off of there. After a while, I ain't been back. <laughs> Yeah, Willie yeah. was getting uh, yeah. accosted on the on the ship. You, yeah. know? you were getting yeah. you were getting you were getting accosted on the on the on the cruise. Man, it was it was fun. It was a fun ride. You know why they got me off the cruise when Snoop Dogg came? Yeah, I was there that year. Yeah. Man, yeah. Snoop hugged me and I messed around and got high. I didn't smoke nothing. You could just <laughs> hug Snoop and get high. And so, I'm scared to go back in the Christian thing that I got to host. Because I'm like, I know I smell like I weed. weed. But he asked for me to come because yeah, he, he was like, man, y'all know Pretty Willie. Because yeah. he listened to the music. Sure, yeah. Who's going to miss meeting Snoop Dogg? Right. Who's going to say no to Snoop? Yes. And, but he smelled like he smelled. So and I the Cougars were on him, too. On the oh, yeah. Lord yeah. have mercy. So it's the weed and the Cougars that. that got you off. So come to number four. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. I got to give Snoop like, some love. Nice segue. <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to show love to Snoop. A lot of people don't give him his lyrical... Nah, Snoop genius, legend. But um, I, I love Snoop. Um, I'm gonna have to go with number three. It's somebody that you may not necessarily know, but his name is Silk Smooth. He's from St. Louis, Missouri, and he was the guy who made us believe that we could. Mm. He's the first guy that I ever seen with a major record deal. So I want to show love to Silk Smooth. Number two, you already know I got to show love to the White Stallion Eminem. Mm. <laughs> the White Stallion. The white oh stallion. man, that boy Cole. They try to hate on him. Jack Harlow kind of good though. Like Jack my son Harlow was yeah. good, but 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 Eminem is yeah. Marshall is a different yeah. level. Marshall is yeah. a different That's level, level yeah. of Marshall's a different level. My son, he 15, he go back and forth with me. Come on, Dad, Jack, Jack Harlow. I'm just like, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to say. Grow up, learn just some things. Up. Um, you know, it you know it's a toss up East and West Coast, but you know I'm a huge Tupac fan. Mm. I grew up in that West Coast era where. Like, we, if Pac would have told us that it was time to go loot on a Saturday at 12, 
we'd have been outside. <laughs> oh my God, Pac! What if Pac would have said, "We going downtown St. Louis, and right. we we tearing it up"? I'm gonna be like, "Mama, I know we got church today, <laughs> but but Pac said." Yeah, so you know that's that's, like that's a strong top five, five though. Yeah, I rock with him. I know y'all don't know my brother Silk Smooth, and I don't even know where he is right now. But I just remember seeing him at a talent show, and I remember him getting a record deal. And he had the most influence or influence on us to say, "Dang, you can get a record deal from St. Louis." It's the person that makes you realize it's possible. Yeah, he was fly too. He had a chain with the little diamond, and he had a Nefertiti. You remember the gold yeah. chain yeah, with yeah, the yeah, Nefertiti? Yeah, you gotta yeah. find them. Yeah. Yeah, we should do something. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> He's making mental notes right now. Like, like mental notes. Reach out. Yeah. I see what you're doing. Mattel Cornell. So, Nelly, excuse me. Speaking of St. Louis, yeah. I mean, what was it like musically as young Willie Moore Jr. growing up in St. Louis? Like, what were your musical go tos? Was it mm. Silk Smooth or who was it before that? Like, man, you know what? St. Louis has the most talent that I've ever seen in the city. Hmm. It's just not, it just wasn't a lot of opportunities. So, yeah. Like, man, you grow up with people who can sing, like, groups. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a dude named Flirt, and I forgot the name of their group. But when they used to sing Shy at the talent show, man, that thing, you, my friend. Went, and, and he could hit the high note. <laughs> he could hit the high note. He, he went, could, he skipped the whole oh, song. Yeah. Cause you know that's right the point. Y'all remember that? Because you'll be waiting on that point. Yeah. That's how you know if that group really can work. work. You'll be like, Mark hit it. Let's see. Nah, he was a little off. You know, but he could really hit that note. Uh, but it was a beautiful scene. Like, we was a part of this group called the Baby Gangsters. I got my first deal when I was 12 okay. with French Jam Records and Itchibon Records down there. Itchibon, wow. Yep. And so, um, there's this other group called LSD. Um, it was a dude named Justin and this guy named Lil Howard that's now, you know, his name is Chingy. So, he was in that same group. Um, and then, of course, you had, right. the, you had the Lunatics and Saints. That's like the skating rink. That's where they did that mm -hmm. thing. And then there was a lot of great other artists, little pockets of everybody had a group in their city that, that you kind of knew. Because St. Louis yeah. is a lot of mm -hmm. different municipalities. So if you're from Berkeley, you got the Baby Gangsters. You city, you got the St. Lunatics. You're from the west side, you got Chingy Men. So everybody had that. And it was just fruitful. Um, it got, it got kind of gangster when the NWA came in, but... Man, everybody knew each other. And it was just everybody was waiting on their lottery ticket. And it was just going viral last week that people just realized that Chingy and, and Nelly were beefing with each other on the, on those early records. Yeah. I didn't even caught I never caught that. Everyone's like, we were just too busy dancing right. hard to realize right. that there was a situation going on between them. Yeah. But I didn't know because by then I had left. I was like, I'm living in there. Clearly none of us knew because we were just yeah. 106 in Park dancing hard to the music. It was yeah. good. It's kind of hard to take beef seriously when we wearing like do rags and oversized clothes that's colorful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but if you really like, all of us had these two big t-shirts, colorful stuff going on. It's like, and we'll shoot you. But if you listen to the words, and like, we'll shoot you. Buddy. Like Nelly was like, I'm going down, down, baby. Yeah. Yo, street in a Range Rover, street sweeper, baby, cock ready to let it go. And Nelly was about that life. And still about that life if he have to be, but the Lord, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but like the Lord. Nelly for real. Like, for real, Nelly, where he come from, Nelly for real. Like, but the Lord. But the, thank God, God for Jesus. But God. God in, Jesus. in your opinion, what was it about that sound that just made everybody stop in their tracks in the early? Because I remember hearing country grammar, and it was just like, wait a minute. Yeah. What is this? Like, in your opinion, what was it about that it era? Was, it was perfect timing, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, the world was so melodic, and... Nelly, like, in St. Louis, a lot of people say, 
Well, that was Willie style first, mm. but it was a St. Louis style mm. first. So in our city, is you know they like now nah, Pretty Willie had a song called "Welcome to St. Louis, Baby," mm. but into with caution, where we balling, I falling a million records we tossing. I'm so close to the edge, but don't push me. I'm higher than giraffe. <laughs> when it comes to my music, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that was like the underground hit. But then you got Nelly on the other side. I'm going down, down, Danny. I'm leaning around. And I'm just happy for everybody. Yeah. Like, we can all make money and move. But, you know, when it came down, when the rubber hit the road, man, I should have signed with Electra, bro. It would be different now. Sylvia would have did something. And she was like, I was going to put Fabulous on there. She ain't talked to me. I seen her at the Urban One Honors mm -hmm. thing. And I was like, I don't know if you remember me. But you were going to sign me when I was a lot younger. And she was like, oh, it's good. Uh, you know, but I think that was kind of <laughs> I think it was kind of embarrassing. Miss Ron, let me tell you something. I love I wanted to go, but I was signed to a production company. So, but um, uh, but it was just that time, bro. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was, it the was right, just it was that the right time. Timing. I don't think we cultivated the way what we should. Time. You don't think so? We should have did it like Atlanta did. Like once they got it in, once they hooked the they industry, they just never let go. Um, and I think you know st louis has another great opportunity you know whether you like her or not with sexy red um and i think they the industry will come there and i think it's a beautiful opportunity for nelly to even do something special with his label dirty mm -hmm. you know he just got a lot of money and i think he wants to do something special have you met sexy red i i know her mom Wow. I met her you mom. You know Sexy Red's mom. I don't know Sexy Red's mom. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. No, I don't. Let's I don't it. know Sexy Red's mom. <laughs> You've met. You're, you're aware of. Sexy I'm aware of who she is. And it's, it's a, like, it's, it's not, a it's city. Not, yeah. Like, it's a city, but, you know, no disrespect to the Lou, but we a town. Yeah. Everybody got a cousin who, you know, Keisha, her cousin, Pearl, that's Lisa, and that's Sexy Red mom. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> And it might be true. It might not be right. true. Maybe I don't know her. I just got out of that. You see? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't know her. You so, see how I got out? So, Willie, outside of entertainment, I know you're super passionate and, and an advocate for adoption and foster care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. your, your organization, Will Flow. Mm -hmm. Will Flow Foundation. Will Flow Foundation. Yeah. Talk to us about it. Um, it's named after my mother and father, Willie and Flora Moore. Mm -hmm. um, my mom is 82. My dad is 91, still among the living right now. And... Um, I go. I tra I'm actually gonna travel there tonight. I do bi-weekly. I'm in St. Louis, and I'm and then I'm in Atlanta, um, just going back and forth, making sure that I do as the Bible says, like like you know that you you honor your mother and father. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of the Will Flow Foundation, I think about the sacrifice that they made. I don't think they ever made more than thirty thousand dollars a year, forty thousand dollars a year, but they were able to curate a beautiful environment for a child who needed love. And so I just go around and make sure foster children know that, hey, man, you know, you're not leftovers. You chosen. My daddy told me I was chosen. So I walk in rooms like this, probably the smallest person in the room, but I come in like I'm seven foot t feet tall because of what my dad told me. And so what the Will Flow Foundation does is we curate stories and narratives to change the narratives of what people think foster care and adoption mm -hmm. is. We create educational content centered around it. And uh, we put the attention on foster children, and we blessed to say that yeah, I think over 720-some kids have been adopted wow. because of our efforts. Wow. So, wow. Yeah, man, we grateful, bro. Shout out to Bethany, our partners. They were longtime partners. And, That's an uh, impact. Yeah, man, just silently. I've done it for so long, yeah. but the Lord finally let me bring it to the forefront, I want to say five years ago. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing this since I was like 21, 22, since mm -hmm. the Pretty Willie days. Yeah, I've been working with foster children. And, and how's your, your – I know you – a few years ago, reunited with your biological mom. Yeah, yeah. How's everything with, with mom and the family and, and your father as well? Yeah, your biological I mean, father. 
it's different. I think, you know, because I live in this beautiful world. I see all the beauty of everything. And then it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I have two sets of living parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I started to look at the good, and I started looking at the indifferent. And I decided that whatever habits that were in my bloodline, I was going to end it. Like, I can't stop what's to come, but at least I know what's chasing me. Mm-hmm. So if alcoholism is chasing me, I don't drink no more. Like, if womanizing was chasing me, I don't have too many crazy conversations with women. Like, I can't beat the divorce demon that was in our bloodline. I gave that mantle to my children. I'm like, yo, y'all in this thing. I ended alcohol. I ended drugs. Mm-hmm. I ended this. But you're going to end that. So now that I see what's in my bloodline, I know what to watch out for. I could very well be, I could have very well been some of the bad parts of my bloodline if I wasn't careful. So I quit a whole lot of stuff, you know what I mean, just because I've learned what's in my bloodline. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a lot of willpower. I mean, not just willpower, faith. Yeah. But the key is to be breaking up, breaking those pathologies and those patterns yeah. that are not yeah. healthy for. And general, generational curses will get you if you're not thinking about that as part of your daily walk. Yeah, that's definitely. I just gotta be careful. You know, I, that's my thing. Like I understand with favor to whom much is given, much is required. required but yep. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be smart about it. Like, oh, okay, we can become that. Oh no. Hell no. I quit. <laughs> nope. I don't want to do that no more. You just quit? Yeah. I mean, check my... I go to Celebrate Recovery. Shout out to CR. Like, definitely something that I'm not ashamed of, but it's for people with hurts, habits, and hangups. And so once I realized what was in my bloodline, I checked myself into... I'm not really checking. It's a church service every mm-hmm. week. Um, I'm usually, like, the only black guy there. Um, but one guy, he was like, I Googled you. I said, you did what? I Googled you. You're pretty, <laughs> you're, pretty, you're pretty special guy. I said, what? Yeah, you Willie Moore Jr. You do radio, you do you do speaking engagements, you do a whole lot of different things, man. I'm glad you're in here because a lot of people be shamed to come in here, especially of a man of your stature. But, man, I appreciate what the Lord's going to do with you because you made it. And he don't even know, man. I love him. I won't say his name because they make us not do that. But, man, that dude changed my life. Like, mm. now I'm at the feet of Jesus, and I realized – the ground at the cross is level for everybody. Like, I'm celebrating guys who went through meth or whatever they were going through, and, like, they get a job at a pizza place. Mm. I'm celebrating like we just got a $20 million deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. crying. Like, dang. Man, because I'm seeing people build their life yeah. again, man, and uh, it just got me in a real humble place, bro. Like, I'm so grateful for everything. Mm. Fatherhood, though. Oh, man, I love that. How, how do you ju- in the midst of everything? Because Willie, with this I, I, he's one of the friends I have to call and say, "Slow down, please." He did, just he did that say last no. week. <laughs> he did that last week. Say no. Say no. Say no. But fatherhood, I know, is your top priority. Yeah. And family in general. Mm-hmm. But how do you juggle fatherhood? I I put them in first, and I build around it. So I don't get it right all the time, but at least they know what I'm doing. I always tell people I'm not the perfect pro- father, but I'm the present father. Mm-hmm. I'm going to always be there. And so my children know when I'm coming. And when we're making strong decisions, like, we make those decisions together. I'm like, man, I'm about to do a new TV show. What y'all think? It's called Love You More. And I'm going to do this, this, mm-hmm. and this. And I just be my little quirky self, childlike faith. And it's like, yeah, Dad, I think that's cool. But I think that's lame. I don't think you should wear that. I think you should do that. And we make it a team effort. So while Daddy's away, they know, like, oh, that's what he's doing. I think a lot of times we put work in family like it's church and state. I'm like, no, nah, man, it's family business. Like, if, I mean, this is the first time because they in school, but you can ask anybody. Whenever I come, my son going to be there. 
Like yep. people gonna be right there with me. That like those are my road dogs. So I love being a father. I think it's my most fulfilling job because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big kid. Yeah. Like I'm not really the best disciplinarian at all. I don't think. Especially now with your daughter. Oh no, I can't whoop her. <laughs> I need to whoop her though. You know how like how you, you, say know, you need to whoop her. I should for what she does. She does. She wrote on my bed the other night, Paisley. Like, if she just would have scribbled on it, I would have known that might have been harmless. She tattooed her name on my expensive bed with a dry erase marker. That is grounds for butt whooping. I was like, why did you do that? I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to color, and it was dark, so I just wanted to write on your bed. How old is she? Five. Oh, she's five. I know. And this is what she said. This is why I didn't whoop her. Did you like what I wrote my, did you see I spelled my name right? <laughs> You're like, I yes, was like, star for the day. I was like, damn, you did. <laughs> you did good. I was supposed to hit her hand. And I was you did like, bad, but you oh did my good. god, you P A I, you did it right. You got me. <laughs> and when she went to bed, I was like, she got me again. And this is why you will always be a sucker. Yes. Your we sound crazy. about that time for the Esterol Black Excellence Award. Now, you say, we know you're a listener. You know what's up already, but mm-hmm. let's just refresh. Mm-hmm. So Esterol, the one and only, the actress, the brilliant entertainer, brilliant. still didn't get the flowers she deserved for all the stuff she was doing, including that this album. Gospel. This, you know, she yeah. had a gospel album. Yep. Came out in 1975 on Savoy Records. That's Esterol. Wow. Garden of my mind. Thank you, Timon, for putting us on. <laughs> but I got us thinking about how we, we need to make sure we carve out a little time in our podcast every single episode to honor someone who, a black entertainer or someone in our business that doesn't get the flowers they deserve. Yeah. We all nominate one person, we vote, and then the Irby, as Phil has now called it. Yeah, that's the Role Black Excellence Award. The Herbie. Herbie. Yeah, yeah. I like that Irby. The Irby. The Irby. So, so it's I time kick, for the Irby. So I'll kick off the, we, uh, the nomination. We all nominate, and then we all vote, and we crown a winner, and then there we go. Got it. So I'll kick it off this week. I feel it's only right. We got Willie Moore Jr. here. Chuck's not here. Chuck's not here. But when I think about the impact outside of Virginia, that uh, other <laughs> amazing places have Put had, that in there. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't neglect or forget about the impact that St. Louis musicians have had on popular music and American music. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to nominate the city, like St. Louis, the town, as you call it, Mm -hmm. St. Louis and all of the musicians in St. Louis. That was, that's my nomination. Quick question. How can I go against that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can. You you won. (laughs) I mean, Chuck would, Chuck would agree. Chuck Chuck would would definitely agree with that. I agree. Okay. For me, um, so I'm a huge Gwen Guthrie fan. Don't know if y'all know who that is. Ain't nothing going on with the rent. But she has, she did amazing work with this young man named Larry LeVan. And he was instrumental in the whole house scene. He did 
residencies at Paradise Garage, all that good stuff. So and he's not talked about in the way that he should. So I'm putting him on the, the table this week. What's his name again? Larry LeVan. Larry LeVan. I'm nominating Jay Moss. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Who I think is, I mean, God. he's nuts. I mean, vocally, writing, uh, just all that stuff. But I feel like in the conversation about, in gospel and just in general, about writers, producers, sound architects. Yeah. Jeez. He's a sound architect. I know Chuck would second my, my nomination. Chuck would definitely second Willie, nomination. do you have an additional nomination, or you want a third my nomination? I'm going to go with St. Louis because the camera's rolling. But we got to <laughs> talk about Jay Moss. <laughs> we got to discuss that, he, yeah. he changed my life. Yeah, Jay Moss Because I was fresh serious. off Lil Wayne, and the girl Jamise gave me his CD at the bank when I first got saved. And that was the only one sonically that I can listen to because yeah. it, was it was closely just... correlated to what I, my ears were tuned to. Jay Moss. Jay Moss. All right, so we're going to take it to a vote. Let's take it to a vote. So just to recap, we got Jay Moss, Larry LeVan, the city of St. Louis. <laughs> the city. The, the, city. the music whole, scene of St. Louis. The music scene. The music scene. The music scene yeah. of St. Louis. Yeah. Huh, so that's, that's good. Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's go Jay Moss. You can vote as many times as you want, by the way. But just let me know my hand up. I love you, though, Jay, but I can't go against the time. All right. Larry LeVan. Sorry, sorry. Love you, I knew that was gonna happen, but and the music scene of St. Louis. Whoop! There's Chuck's hand in his invisible <laughs> hand. That was a time in music for real. Hands up. Shout out to everybody in, in St. Louis. Thank you for your musical contribution to American music, American culture. Yeah, much, much respect and love. Put, put some respect on the Midwest period. Yeah. Like there's a, there's always this East Coast, West Coast, but Oh man, my brother Willie Moore Jr. Thank you for hanging out with us. Yo, man, good time, honor. man. Thank you. Anytime, man. come through. I love it. Thank you. For sure. Thank y'all. I honor you. Make sure you follow us on all platforms at We Sound Crazy. Yes, yes. Also, WeSoundCrazy.com. You can check out all episodes and everything you need to see there. A special shout out to our partners at Music City. Thank you, Music City. We appreciate you for your continued support. Maybe Chuck is doing his OnlyFans right now. Maybe that's why he's not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think he is. Yeah, I think that's. I think he's that's he's the OnlyFans foot model. Yeah, it's, I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, get your, the get your money. OnlyFansFootmodel.com. <laughs> <laughs> hey Willie, take us out. We always let our guests pick a song to take us out each episode. It's on you. What? 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 Do you, what's the vibe? Hey, can you play that? Can you play the Brat So Funkified? Yeah, we can. can. You play that? We sure can. Uh oh. Who I is. Thank you to our guest again, mm-hmm. Willie Moore Jr. Thank you so much. Make Thank some noise for Willie. Yeah. Y'all. See y'all next Until week. Next we time. sound crazy, yo. We out of here. Flat out. We sound crazy. We sound crazy.